Hello, everyone. Welcome to our next episode uh, with Book Blessing Busy. Today, we are going to talk about dismantling expectations surrounding education. And there is a quote by Dr. Brandon Rogers, my mentor in the educational realm. Um, and he says, you don't always have to know the answer. You just have to know where to find the answer. And as we think about dismantling expectations in the educational world, we realize that sometimes people have, we either have expectations of ourselves, people may have expectations of us, of how much information we are truthfully supposed to be aware of. Mm. And it's nearly, it's not nearly, it's impossible Mm -hmm. to fully be aware of everything, to know how to respond to all the different, different ways that you can respond to a problem that may be, that may be on the table. And so it's kind of like an unrealistic expectation to know everything, but it's important that you at least know as an educated person, where you could potentially find that answer. And so that's just kind of breaking down a bit more of like what that quote means um, and how we can engage that in the educational and in, in our educational journeys. So as we talk today about educational expectations, um, I wonder how are you feeling, ladies, with regard to some of the expectations you've had of yourself that you've experienced um, surrounding expectations educationally yeah i can definitely say for myself that my expectation has been or was exactly what you just like uh laid out in my mind in pursuing a master's and a phd i was going to come out with degrees and knowing all the things i was going to be able to diagnose every illness i was going to be able to treat everything i was going to know all the things for all the people and I remember um, the the quote that you highlighted is one that I think Dr. Rogers uses very often because I've heard it more than once. And uh, there was a time that I went to his office and was having a meeting and I was like, I just feel like I don't know what I'm supposed to know. Like I'm in this master's program at the time. And I was like, I don't know the things. And he's like, why do you think you need to know the things? I'm like, because I'm here. Like, this is part of what this should be. And it really, his response really changed the game for me in realizing that it's really not possible to hold all of the information in my brain. I'm going to come out as an expert, but even the definition of what it means to be an expert changed for me. And being an expert doesn't mean that I know all the things. It means that I have a working knowledge of how to think about a thing, Mm -hmm. not necessarily what to think about a thing in totality. Mm -hmm. So I may not know all of the diagnoses in the DSM, but I have a running knowledge of certain categories of illnesses. And then I can refer to the internet, the DSM, whatever else to like work from my working knowledge. Mm -hmm. To piggyback off of that, I think that's one of the expectations I had of of myself, specifically like coming into this PhD program. I felt like I was supposed to know confidently how I felt um, and with my opinion when it was asked, how when presented with content in the class, how I wanted to respond. And honestly, I'm still struggling with that in some aspects and feeling like I should know. Um, And I think I'm now entering into a new narrative of recognizing that that's not the case. And I think you worded it well, Zanil, in terms of becoming an expert and being able to um, navigate through these things. And that's what's been a humbling experience for me with this PhD program, honestly, is that I felt like I was supposed to know everything. And I remember at the beginning of the program, I talked to you and I was like, but that don't make no sense. No. 
how I can be in an educational program and I feel like I know everything. Right. Make it make sense, Lord. So <laughs> I recognized myself that it was that I had to reassess and I had to dismantle that expectation of what my educational journey would look like right now. So um, I think that's what it looks like for me right now, honestly. Yeah. Well, not that I have su- successfully finished one year of my master's program. That's it. Um, I can confidently say that my expectation of this program was that it was going to be a continuation of my bachelor's degree. Um, that was not the case. <laughs> that was not the case. You thought she was going into grade 17? I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. But I I realized that it required much more of me mentally, emotionally, even like physically understanding boundaries. I mean, we talked about it last season a little bit about boundaries and keeping boundaries well. But just... It, it required me to just elevate myself to a new level that I was not expecting. Um, so yeah, I, ooh, I, it's, it's a different vibe. It's a different vibe. And now we're going into, I'm going into year two and mm-hmm. I probably could say next, next year at the same time, it's going to be a whole different vibe again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just, I think now though, I could say that no, knowing where I was at, knowing where I'm at now for mm-hmm. after year one, I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. now I, I, I can have a clearer mind. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm taking care of myself a little better mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally. I'm like, this is what you need to prepare for. Mm-hmm. So I, I dismantle that expectation mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's been this, this statement, this common statement that goes around, um, known as the GI Joe fallacy that talks about like knowing is half the battle, right? And it's it's a fallacy, so it's false. But I think your point highlights exactly why it's false. It's not just the knowing and the learning mm-hmm. that is necessary, but the doing, right? You you talked about basically like the adjustment period of things mentally and emotionally and yeah. that kind of thing. But that demanded a lot of intentional work from you in the educational realm that I don't think people really consider. Yeah. I think there's often the assumption that because you know like that's it like it will just happen and it takes a lot of intentionality to not just know the things but to apply the things well that holistically enhances my educational experience yes because i remember before i started i was talking to y'all all the time i'm like what do i need to know what what can i do Mm -hmm. to get ready but it wasn't really until i got in it and i had my own experiences that i was like y'all this is different like (laughs) i my my own journey was different. It was a it was a different again. It was a different vibe yeah. from undergrad. As you're talking though, I'm thinking to myself of even like, and I don't know if this is what you're saying, but I could say for myself from what I'm hearing you say is like this idea of of having like this expectation that I can plan enough so that I know enough so that I can show up in the best way yes. and I can master this so I can have more control mm-hmm. and be prepared and I can be prepared it's the preparedness yeah but here's the thing though and, and uh, no, I'm saying that for myself though that that's an expectation that I have though that that to your last point you try to prepare as much as possible I tried and it wasn't how you thought it might have been no it was the exact opposite exactly Let me put that out there. <laughs> and so that expectation of thinking the more and more you could plan for things and you can master control and get all the resources mm-hmm. more and the more and the more i go through life i recognize how much that is just a lie but wait and though. in some aspects though not wait, in everything yeah because i want to say i, I don't want to say that 
this it wasn't helpful to know some things ahead of time. Yes. Because it was. And so some things I was able to prepare for. Mm-hmm. However, I was expecting that the preparation that I planned for was going to help me throughout this whole, whole year. Thing. Yes. And that that didn't happen. Yeah. I actually had to go through. I had to actually experience these things for myself. Yeah. Because the experiences y'all had was still different from what mm-hmm. I'm going through now mm-hmm. a little bit. So mm-hmm. you know what though there so we talk about preparedness and the things that we can prepare for in the process and we talked with you about a lot of the like life transformational self things yeah. that were going to be altered in the process the thing that i was not prepared for when entering the field is the questions that would come from everybody else based on my limited knowledge okay. right so i'm already in the situation trying to figure out why I don't know things. Mm -hmm. And then to be looked at by all of your friends around you who see you as the expert that you don't see yourself as. And to be asked all of these questions um, with the expectation that like you are the expert in all of the things of the field. It's just not helpful or realistic, right? So we enter the, say the master's or the PhD level and like, oh, you're a therapist. So like, what should I do about this? Or how can I help my marriage? Or what is this diagnosis? Or my friend is doing X, Y, Z. What what does this what does it sound like? And half the time I was like, I I I am off the clock. Not off the clock. <laughs> I am off the I am off duty. I'm off the clock. But B, like, there are other people out there. I should not have to be the resource for all people or be responsible for knowing the things for all people. Even, or just based on the fact that I don't even know all of the things for my clients, right? Mm -hmm. I'm daily learning. We talked about lifelong learning last season. I'm daily learning and increasing my um, knowledge bank, so to speak. And then there's this added expectation to be able to not just help my clients, but to help everybody around me with all of their questions. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me tell you, I think it's okay for us to say, I don't know. At least right now, I am very comfortable with saying, I don't know. I don't know about y'all. I, I am as well. And I'm, I'm, I'm learning, let me put it this way. In more, most instances I am, but I'm learning to like remind myself every time, like stop feeling like I have to have the pressure to give an answer. Mm-hmm. It's okay to like, be like, okay, give me a minute. I need to go and Google this for a second. Mm. You know, Not give Google. me, yes, honey. One thing about me, I can Google. <laughs> so give me a minute. I need to Google this for a minute. I need to go and consult somebody. I need to, I need to go and, um, do whatever it is I need to do. I'm not sure right now. And I think that's, to me, I feel like that shows more, um, like a sense of like responsibility in that you're not trying to make, they come up with something in the cusp of it just for the sake of doing it, but you're willing to, um, seek out other resources. Yeah. Um, now granted you might have it within, you need to pause for a minute and think about it, but there are some cases as well where it's like, no, I, you just need to go and seek out something else yeah. or seek out another resource in order to get the answer. And it's okay if you don't know in that time. That doesn't define who you are as a person. So I think even that expectation that or the thought that that defines you because I don't know, that defines who I am and it defines some lack of competency or confidence or whatever it is. I'm like, that's so unfair to do to myself, fam. Mm-hmm. Listen, and the, 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 the higher up I go in education, the more that I get comfortable with it. Now at the PhD level, I'm like, if I tell you I don't know, what you going to tell me? <laughs> I'm already at this level. And what I found to be freeing is sometimes the help that I give to people is not what they want, but it's the best help I can give you. And it's to refer you to somebody else. Yeah. It's to say, like, I respectfully 
sounds like that person needs a therapist here's a website go find them yeah or like that's not in my wheelhouse is not my specialty i have a specialty in x area that's in y let me refer you to so and so um but there's a freedom and a boundary in being able to refer out when necessary and not give myself the pressure that i feel coming from other people i was just gonna say that like sometimes the help that people expected is not always the help that i'm gonna give yeah and i think you just sometimes you're just gonna have to rock with it and i'll try my best i'll Mm -hmm. give you all the resources i can um but like you said neil it's it's about keeping that good boundary Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. respectfully yeah i think that (laughs) what, what what i found difficult genuinely more recently is not just the expectation to be the expert in a field but it's also the expectation to carry the perspective or serve the people group of like people in the black community for example right or racial minorities or whatever now you're getting into it no it really feels difficult um because for obviously we live in cleveland there's not too many of us Mm -hmm. and so for many of these places people find us to be a safe space right i can't find people who look like me you guys are the safe spaces whether that be questions or wanting to be a client um and it's hard because the i don't have as many people to refer to right and so there's this level of like if you don't have it then who who has it if you don't have the information and you specialize in this area me particularly personally i specialize in racial identity racial trauma things of that nature if i don't have the answer where am i sending you google Google, Google doesn't. And YouTube. Google, Google doesn't always do it. YouTube sometimes get it wrong. Yeah, I agree. Um, and again, I like we talked about last episode. We are consulting, right? Mm-hmm. We're not trying to do this alone. But to a certain degree, it definitely is another level of pressure to find it in marginalized to find information from marginalized people. Yeah. In those spaces where, like, if I don't serve this need, or if I don't answer this question about what it is to be a black client or whatever the case is. Who else is going to give it to you? Yes. I I have already felt that pressure of like uh, people asking me questions from the Black perspective or from the cultural perspective. And I felt sometimes the pressure to give the answer. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I had to backtrack a few times and be like, wait, I am not mm-hmm. the answer for the entire Black community. This is my experience. And then I answer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because I think it, it gets a little murky if I continue to just give a a perspective for the entire black community. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's fair, Mm -hmm. but I, I only could do my best on what I know. Mm -hmm. And I I think that was a pressure I often felt of like, if I, like you say, if I don't give this answer, who are you going to get it from? And the, I think our fair as clinicians is we don't ever want to steer people in the wrong direction. Yes. We want people to get the best care and best possible help Mm -hmm. that they can, they can get. And, we know that if we're given information, then it's going to be some some level of help. If mm-hmm. we don't, if we're not given information, what what happens next? Yeah, we want yeah. to hold to doing no harm. Yes. Yeah, I think I've experienced this, um, like now in my workspace with like international conversations or uh, with international students or the immigrant experience, which I'm like, 
I cannot answer for everyone. <laughs> I cannot provide education. I cannot provide an understanding of every international student's experience and in different academic spaces. Um, but what I think I've also learned as well is that I also have to learn in some aspects, and I know this, I don't know if this how this might be received, but I have to also recognize where my limitations are and I have to accept that. And that I can't, there's not always somebody to refer to, like Daniel made mention of. Um, and there will always be somebody else who is in need, who's in who is um desiring the resources that might be needed. And I have to recognize and embrace my limitations as well, in that I can't be and do all things for everyone. Um, I can't provide the insight um, in those ways for everybody legitimately because I may not be from your country. Mm -hmm. I am not from Africa. I am not from Europe or wherever. I'm from the Caribbean. I'm from the Bahamas. That is an experience that I can attest to, but I can't even, I can't attest to your experience journey um, fully. I can partially attest to it, but there are parts in that as well where I have to embrace my limitations and accept that I can't do and be all things for everyone. Even today when I was asking you a question about us trying to figure out some yes. some international student yes. things and the conversation was like, yeah, I notice what it is for me, yeah. but I need you to check for you. Like right. even within our own, I mean, we both in the same place and yeah. we still have to figure out like if these things are this are equally the same for both of us or they they apply differently mm-hmm. um, i think so, yeah. similar to the last to our conversation in the last episode though this is where when we hit our end right the place where like this is a limitation i can't go any further this is still another opportunity for some level of consultation yeah um and the consultation may not be consulting with who you think is an expert but someone who has some level of information i think this is a gift of consultation and collaboration so I may not have the full answer for another black client or student or whoever, but there may be a degree of knowledge that they have and a degree of knowledge that I have and a degree of knowledge that a professor down the hallway has. And if we're able to collaborate and put these things to put these things together, we potentially all grow in our um, in our amount of knowledge and are able to meet the need that is present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to shift it a little bit. Okay, where are you going? I'm, I'm going to shift it a little bit because we, I think we talked a lot about our expectations or the, the expectations people have on us, mm-hmm. right? What are some of the expectations that we put on ourselves within this education sphere? Ooh, I have one. Okay. You sound so excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I feel like at times... I feel like I have to prove myself. Mm. Let me tell y'all, I remember my freshman year, um, I had some classes I had to take because I didn't do so great on my SAT. So I had some remedial classes I had to take. Oh, it was man. English? It was English and math. Wait. <laughs> you know, I ain't gonna lie. My little pride was hurt because I was like, you know, I felt like I worked so hard home. But, you know, those exams, those, those standardized exams, they don't they don't they don't do it for me. You know, I think they, they, just a struggle place for me. But when I got in the class, though, I felt because like I was now an international student and I was in this new environment, I needed to like work hard to prove that I deserve to be here mm-hmm. and that being in a remedial class didn't like identify the fact that I was like incompetent or unable to like be in college 
And so I think educationally, I had to recognize that, you know, there's some, there are going to be some places that I'm just not going to do as well. And it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. And I think, I think, I think that for me, I felt like I needed to prove myself because of that limitation there. Same. I feel like when I first came, same thing. I, I was like, oh, I got to work twice as hard yeah. so I could make sure I, you know, it's also that idea that our parents have sent us over here. I sacrificed so much. And so it's already that thought of like, I really do need to work hard. But when I got in the classroom, I was like, oh, I need to work twice as hard to prove yeah. that I, one, I belong. And two, I can I can make it with the big dogs. I, yeah. I am just as smart as the person next to me. That was my thought. You and, the big boys? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I thought about that TikTok just now. And you said, you want to play with the big boys? Please. Oh, my gosh. I stop. I stop. Oh, my gosh. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I just lose my train of thought. I'm bro. so sorry. I'm so sorry. But yes, the whole thing. I I just thought that I had to work twice as hard, and then I realized that in math, I could work twice as hard, and some people were still smarter than me or still knew more than me because math was just not my thing. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think even within that, that was a humbling experience in my education journey to realize, mm-hmm. like, okay. I'm going to have to get some extra help in this. And I I may not be the top in mm-hmm. that class. Mm-hmm. And even... Never was either. Yeah. And on that point And too, I still though, graduate. Even... That's it. <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> on the same vein though, even in classes when I was actually doing well, like I remember when I took Spanish, um, my classmates was like, well, Lisa... Well, not Lisa. They don't call me Lisa, but... <laughs> they were like, well, how you how do you know so much? And granted, tell you now, I don't remember much, but we learned Spanish all throughout like our, the school that um, we went to, we learned, we learned another language all throughout that time period. And so I had this expectation that I needed to like surpass them in the class. And even when I like somewhat was doing really well, I still did not feel completely satisfied mm. um, with like my performance. I don't know. It's like, it, it became like somewhat of a, like a competition and I was like, this is weird. I need to stop doing this. So. This is weird. <laughs> Sorry, that was me mocking you, so y'all. Anyway, yeah, that's Yeah, all. I think, I don't know. It's hard to describe. I think a lot of my expectations of this kind of are reflected in my, some of my pushback against imposter syndrome. Um, or not, maybe not pushback, maybe response to, in the fact that working for my voice to be heard is the way that I want to prove that I belong in the room or belong at this level of, of um, what is this, education? Yes. Um, in the fact of, how do I say this? I got to a place where I sometimes can be a verbal processor, um, partially because I need to and partially because I thought, like, I need to show what I'm thinking to show that I am, like, worthy of being here. And I got to a place... Uh, in the past few years of asking myself, like, Daniil, are you speaking in class because you want to be heard and the fact that you have things to say? Or do you really need to contribute to this part of the conversation? And that's been a changing thing for me and realizing that in the times where I feel uh, tempted, I guess, to prove that I'm at the same level of thinking through and processing something in class that I don't have to. Like, it is okay for me to just sit with my own thought and let that be my thought. There are some that may be um, helpful for conversation, but really checking my motive and sharing my thought was 
um, game changing to me. Like, you know, people in class will say things and you feel like I need to meet you where you are to prove that like, yes, I'm thinking as high in the clouds as you are. And sometimes I'm just like, I don't, I could be thinking there and just nod my head and I don't have to say anything. I don't have to prove anything. Um, that's in the classroom. That's with professors. Um, that's even amongst peers and just wanting to prove that I belong at the PhD level, wanting to prove that I am smart enough to be here, that I'm competent, all of these things. And it's really taken an intentional process of just settling in. Like, I know what I know and what I don't know, I will learn. And that's the beauty of the process. Yeah. I think one of the interesting things is when I thought about this is like, we all got the same acceptance letter. Mm -hmm. So I think we're all... You know, we all belong here. Mm. That that's kind of mm. how I thought about it. Like, I don't necessarily have to keep up that front of like talking in class or mm. or thinking that I have to be at this level. We all got the opportunity to be here, mm. yeah. And so, ha- resting in that was good enough for me. Yeah. And as we highlighted, I think I said this last season too. What helped me was hearing the like mutual vulnerability of all of my classmates. Yeah. All saying like we all feel in the same way internally. And so we're all seeing what it looks like on the outside, but we're all wrestling with the same things. And so that helped me to kind of normalize and settle into like, okay, Danielle, you can chill. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, thank y'all for indulging in our conversation today um, and just listening to us as we navigate through uh, our journeys as we are pursuing and experiencing higher education. Um, and even even in different parts of when we were, you know, in our undergrads and masters and some PhD level, there are different experiences that we've had when it comes to expectations in our in the different spaces that we were at at that particular time educationally. But it's all been an evolving and very informative experience. Um, and I thank you all for in, engaging with that. And I hope and I wonder for you all if you can also identify maybe some of the places that there have been some ex- expectations that you've either put on yourself or you've experienced externally like from other people and how that has impacted you um, in terms of like how you chose to show up um, in the workplace or at school. Like, did it impact like the way that you dressed? Did it impact your physical appearance, the way that you spoke? Things of that nature. Um, so that's some reflection questions for y'all. But I hope to hear, I hope I hope that y'all could join us again next week for another discussion. Have a blessed day with Jesus. <laughs>